0: Registration is now open for Skyhawks Sports Academy Summer Camps. Join them for an action-packed, fun-filled summer of youth sports camps at a location near you. Choose between soccer, flag football fueled by USA football, golf, baseball, cheerleading, multi-sports camps, mini-hawk camps, and more. Find program information and register today at www.skyhawks.com. It's time to welcome in Alex Brink, Washington State radio football analyst, part of our spring football tour. Alex, good morning.
1: Good morning, guys. How are you?
0: We're doing well. We're going to see a lot of the Washington State Cougars, Utah State in the opener. Utah in the fourth game of the year and BYU in late October. That is the, looks like the eighth game of the year for Washington State. And obviously you had the coaching change there. And I'm just curious how much we know about Nick Rolovich and how much just because of the craziness of 2020 and the super abbreviated season, how much is he still a mystery to Wazoo fans and just they're drawn on what he did at Hawaii because they haven't seen enough of him at Wazoo.
1: Well, i tell you what, I, I think one thing we learned about Nick Rolovich and his staff in general uh, throughout all of 2020, you know, was a lot about who they are as people and their ability to connect with both athletes and fans, right? I mean, Nick Rolovich was very early on in kind of the pandemic lockdown time, going out into the community and Pullman and ordering meals uh, for people and saying, hey, meet me down at the local pizza shop and I got 20 pizzas waiting for anybody that needs dinner, stuff like that, right? And so... That connection, you know, is, is true to the Cougs spirit. Obviously, you know, I think the question marks around kind of what the product is going to be on the field, you know, is fairly similar to, to what you would see with other programs, you know, that have gone through coaching changes during this time. You just don't really know because, you know, four games or six games or whatever you got in last year really just wasn't, um, you know, wasn't enough of a sample size. So I think that's what we're waiting to see, particularly on the offensive side of the football, is. When the run-and-shoot, you know, Nick Rolovich's kind of trademark offense, so to speak, of what he runs, when that run-and-shoot is fully installed, what does it look like at Washington State? Because we did not see that in 2020. We saw, you know, fits and starts, but we didn't see, I think, what the end product will be.
2: So I can make a case you got nine starters returning back on offense with that Rolovich offense that you speak of. But the quarterback position is a little bit muddled. Obviously, the freshman Jaden Delora had his issue. I think he had the DUI, was suspended uh, during the offseason. season. Guarantano, the transfer from Tennessee, comes in. Uh, Cam Cooper, a local kid, is still in the mix as of right now. Where does it stand?
1: Well, you know, you're 100% right that it is a little murky. I mean, Jaden DeLora got off to a hot start with a win against Oregon State last year as a true freshman, but, you know, as most freshmen experience at a high level, um, you know, tailed off a little bit towards the end, particularly against some of the better teams in the league. So I think in general, on field was a great learning experience for him, but, you know, he made some poor choices off the field, and now he's in a position where he's got to battle for his job, and so... Uh, you know, bringing in Garantano from Tennessee I think was a great move for Washington State, a guy that started a ton of ball games in the SEC, and, you know, he's kind of vilified to some degree by the Tennessee fans. Um, but if you look at that Tennessee program that's had so much turmoil and so much turnover at the coaching position during his time, you can appreciate where um, he's had challenges as a quarterback. So going to Washington State I think was going to be a great move. And then first play of the spring scrimmage there on at the end of spring ball You know, he got hurt with looked like a hand injury. We don't know how serious or anything, but you know that was going to be kind of the fans' first opportunity to see him in live action. Um, So that was a little disappointing. But he's got a long way to go, obviously, before fall camp to get ready. And then, you know, Camin had a nice spring and I think has a a season and a fall under his belt to learn this offense. He's obviously a phenomenal athlete. Um, You know, he's kind of of the mold. I always tell people that. You know, nowadays we used to guys, that if they don't play by their freshman or sophomore year, they transfer, or, or we kind of consider them a failure. The reality is, shoot, when I was playing, if if, if you sat for two or three years, you were considered experienced, and that was part of the timeline when you got a chance to go. And so I think Cam has been waiting his, uh, waiting his turn, and so he's in the mix to compete for sure.
0: So, the receiver core, it looks like uh, two or three. Guys. Harrison Bell put up pretty big stats last year, and Calvin right there behind that. Uh, you know, it's only four games, so there's a lot of freshmen and sophomores. I'm curious if the receiving core is top heavy, uh, if you expect any of these freshmen and sophomores to break out, or is it going to be the same guys at the, at the top of the stat sheet again?
1: I'll well, tell you what. I mean, if you can, if you can believe it, you know, considering you had Mike Leach in the air raid offense, and then you transitioned right into Nick Rolovich in the run and shoot. You know, the receiver position I would consider a little bit thin right now at Washington State. I mean, there was from the transition from Coach Leach to Coach Rolovich, there was a lot of turnover. You had some graduation. You had some guys, you know, that didn't make it for various reasons, transfers, and that sort of thing. Um, and so last year, going into the season. You're right. You know, you had Renard Bell and Travell Harris in the slot that were super impactful. I mean, they fit really well. Jameer Calvin was another guy that, you know, was productive. He actually entered the transfer portal and, and has since transferred to, I think he announced Mississippi State with Coach Leach just the other day. So he's gone, um, you know, and so you don't have as much depth as you would like. And they brought in some guys on the outside that, they're, you know, they're hoping young freshmen have a chance um, to, to pop. They brought in a junior college transfer, C.J. Moore, from uh, who was at Oklahoma State, a former four-star recruit, big, tall, athletic receiver. They really hope he can pop, but they need some help on the outside. I mean, this run and shoot offense needs four guys that can go get the football. They need guys that are threats on the outside, and right now Washington State don't doesn't have um, guys that have proven they can do it. I think they have the athletic ability and they have the guys on the roster, you know, but they got to do it when the live bullets are flying.
2: All right, well, it, the the run and shoot, you know, you talk about the shoot, but how about the run? Because I like the running backs uh, with, uh, obviously, Borgie and uh, what's the Notre Dame transfer, McIntosh, what's his name?
1: Yeah, uh, Dion McIntosh, that's yeah. right.
2: So you got those two kids, and then I look at the line, you got four or five starters returning. Lucas, uh, I think it was second team, all Pac-12 last year there so it looks like they're in good hands as far as running the ball you think maybe we'll see some more of that
1: yeah you know it's funny I think in the past it's been very easy right to, to lean into Washington State's offense and talk about quarterbacks and receivers because of the system and what you know what coach Leach brought and you know what we expected out of Nick Rolovich the reality is uh, Max Borgie is the best player on this roster at the running back position, um, you know, across the board. And I would I would argue that he's one of the top five players in the Pac twelve, um, as long as he stays healthy, which, you know, last year was kind of the first year we saw that pop up for him. And he's an explosive back. He's gonna play on Sundays, no doubt. Um, and I think this system is gonna fit him really well. They do want to lean into running the football more. Um, you know, Nick Rolovich and his offense coordinator, Brian Smith, who is the running back coach, um, uh, you know, they wanna have an element of balance but more importantly you know they want to utilize their playmakers to the best of their ability so you know they're not gonna you're not gonna see Max Borgie just in the backfield he'll split out at times you'll see him in motion they'll get creative with him I mean he is he is truly going to be a guy that uh is going to make a huge impact you know every time he touches the field on Saturdays and then we saw last year when Borgie was hurt Deion McIntosh like you said Notre Dame transfer Um, you know, really successful in his own right, had a great, uh, great season in that shortened year. So you have some depth there. Um, And then that offensive line, I mean, look, Abe Lucas is going to be a first round draft pick in in the NFL at the right tackle position. You got Liam Ryan, who's back, who's going to be a four year starter. You got Brian Green, your center back. I mean, you have um, at the guard position, you have talent and you have depth there. And so I think this offensive football team for Washington State is going to center around the line and the running backs, you know, which is, Strange to say, based on what we know about the Cougars in the past, but I mean, that's really where they're going to make their bread and butter.
0: We're joined right now by Alex Brink, Washington State radio football analyst, a spring football tour. Washington State's going to open with the Utah State Aggies, then play the Utes and the Cougars later in the year, so we're going to see a lot of them. You know, On the defensive side of the ball, if we've learned anything watching Kyle Whittingham over a decade and a half as a head coach at the U, uh, defense starts with the defensive line, and if you can stop the run, and if you can do it with those front four, then everything else you can build off of that. And reading about the spring game, basically the whole D line sad. Have they identified the whole D line? Trust the whole D line, and they're starting in a good place there.
1: Well, I tell you what, I think you know Washington State's defense as a whole is. If you look at the roster in the two deep and even into the three deep, there's a lot of guys that have Pac-12 snaps under their belt, right? And there's you know there's re- various reasons for that. It, it feels like you know there were some injuries last year, so you got some different guys that were stepping up. Previously, two years ago, other guys happened to be the starters and stepping up, and then they were banged up last year. So now you've got this too deep across the board on the defensive line where you say, oh, yeah, you know, two years ago, Willie Taylor had four and a half sacks. You know, last year he wasn't quite as impactful, so is he going to step up again and, and, and be the guy? Uh, you know, you got guys like Brennan and different rush-end type guys that stepped up last year that I think, um, you know, have a chance, again, to, to make an impact. The key is going to be in that inside um, you know, in those one and three techniques, right? Can they can they make a big enough impact that they keep the offensive line off the linebackers to be able to continue to make plays? And I think Washington State's defensive line through, for various reasons, both recruiting and injuries, you know, over the last two or three years have struggled with depth issues and their impact players haven't had a chance to make the impact that you would expect. So I'm looking to see if that group can get healthy over the summer and come in full strength in the fall because I do think, um, you know, they have a chance – to really be uh, be a solid group, but the reality is Washington State's strength uh, on defense right now is at the corner position, which is it's been it's it's been a long time since Washington State's had a chance to say that. But Jalen Watson, you know, number zero, is as good as they get when it comes uh, to to a corner. He's six three hundred ninety five pounds. He came in. He was a former USC recruit. Had to go the junior college route because of some great issues ends up at Washington State, was a great player last year in that short season, had the chance to be really, really special. And then you bring back George Hicks, Shaw Smith-Wade, you know, Derek Langford. You've got four or five guys that can go into that rotation at corner. So, to me, I'm saying, boy, if our secondary is that strong, you know, maybe that helps the D-line, whereas in the past it's really been about can the D-line get pressure to help the secondary.
2: All right, so that leaves us with linebacker. Uh, I can make a case. I think they're they're waiting for uh, see what Dylan Sherman does if he returns or not, which would bolster the group. But you got to like Jahad Woods, who can make a case for him possibly being All Conference.
1: Yeah, boy. I mean, you're bringing back Jahad Woods, who's gonna um, you know be one of the all-time leading tacklers uh, at Washington State when it's all said and done. The fact that he decided to return, honestly. Uh, is a big boon for Washington State's defense. I mean, he is a he had you know was kind of on track to maybe average less tackles per game during last year's season than he did previously. But that was almost by design, right? He was in the past. He's been asked to do everything, be all over the field, and that's really affected, I think, you know, his overall performance in the end. Although he's had a lot of tackles, so I look for him this year, right? If he has the help on the D line, he has a guy next to him making plays. You know, you won't have to have Woods make every tackle, but he'll make the impactful tackles. And so he is really the core of it. You bring back Justice Rogers, who's been, you know, a three-year starter at middle linebacker, a former high school quarterback, who's super cerebral, you know, has been very productive. But there's a guy on the roster named Travion Brown that, that the coaching staff has been kind of waiting to come along at the middle linebacker position. I mean, he, he really looks the part when he's on the field. And, you know, he had some flashes as a freshman. Um, was a guy that was, uh, you know, all pack as a as a true freshman, and then you know he comes back on the fresh excuse me freshman all pack team, and then you know last year didn't get as much time because of injuries. But if he can step up, you know he's going to provide some really important depth at that linebacker position. And again, they need somebody that can be an enforcer in the middle of the field. And, and I think Travion Brown can be that guy if he's on if he's on the field.
0: So in the shortened season, Washington State went one and three with a bizarre and really somewhat unfair schedule. Beat Oregon State in the opener, but then had to play Oregon, USC, and Utah. Just getting the top of the conference after that, and uh, lost all three of those games. So where are expectations for this year? Is uh, is a winning record possible?
1: I sure think a winning record is possible. You know, I think they're going to have to start fast. I mean, I really believe that. You know, this is a team that. You know, is learning still under Nick Rolovich? There's been that transition. I think one thing about Mike Leach and what they brought in was a very clearly defined system, you know, and expectations from top to bottom. And so, you know, that guys were used to that. Right. And now they've had to transition to something a little bit different that I think can have success in its own right. But. Um, you know, they really got to, you know, get a chance to, to kind of gel together. And, and the challenge, if you don't start fast, right, is then all the question marks and the outside noise starts to come in. So I think, you know, getting off to a fast start against Utah State would be really important. Um, you know, the question marks at quarterback uh, I think are uh, very valid, and those have to get answered, you know, during fall camp right away. But, again, with the offensive line and Max Borgie and then what looks like some strength on the back end of the defense, You know, there there are pieces of the puzzle that are going to allow some of the growth to happen um, a little bit along the way. So I think a winning record is absolutely the expectation at Washington State, and 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 honestly, what I really believe is that you know there should never be a step back now to the the Washington State Cougars not expecting to go to a bowl game every year. And so uh, to me, I think that's what the guys in the room truly believe.
0: Well, Alex, we appreciate you coming on the air. We might lean on you in the fall since uh, sure. you're playing all three uh, in-state teams. I don't know why Portland State. I mean, Weber State and Southern Utah, I mean, cut a deal. Let's, <laughs>
1: yeah, we might as yeah, well have them all in, right? F
0: four. Go for the grand slam, right? All right, thanks, sure. Alex. We appreciate
1: it. Yeah, guys, look forward to catching up again. Take care.
0: Alex Brink, Washington State Radio football analyst. The season opener with the Aggies, the Utes on September 25th, and the Cougars on October 23rd. So there is a spring football... Tour stop at Wazoo.